This episode is sponsored by Code Health. Code connects healthcare providers to the largest community of medical coding professionals in the country with over 4,600 domestic certified coders. As a single stop for all coding needs, Code's on-demand model has solved for daily staffing challenges and coding inefficiencies by allowing providers to access the right coder at the right time while gaining insights to better manage their coding operations. To learn more about Code, visit CodeHealth.com, that's K-O-D-E Health.com, or email Code directly at partnerships at CodeHealth.com. Hello, and welcome to Voices in Healthcare Finance. I'm Erica Grotto, and I have some exciting news. On September 5th, we'll be debuting a brand new format for the podcast with news, series pieces, and interviews with thought leaders. Today, we're releasing a preview of my six-part series on the revenue cycle. We hope you like what you hear. Everybody ready? Ready! Then let's... Yeah! That's me on a recent outing with my daughters. They're two and four, and I'm currently expecting my third. During the evenings and weekends, my time is filled with picture books, playgrounds, and Peppa Pig. But I'm a working mom, too. In fact, I'm an editor at HFMA. Having been through pregnancy and childbirth two other times in the last few years, I know a lot of what to expect. I know my physician will recommend early genetic testing because of my age, I know I'll need to go in for an ultrasound around 20 weeks and for that awful glucose test around 24 weeks, but some things are different. My health plan has changed a little, meaning my out-of-pocket costs could change. And because there's a new administration in the White House since my two-year-old was born, there's always a chance for policy changes that could affect maternity care. But for me, the most significant change since my last pregnancy is that I've learned a lot about healthcare finance. And although I'm not yet an expert, I know enough to approach my own health care and that of my family in a different way. As an editor for various HFMA publications, I read a lot about best practices when it comes to revenue cycle management and patient communication. I notice which of my family's providers make it easy for me to know what my financial responsibility is and to fulfill that responsibility. So I had the idea to follow a real patient, me, through the revenue cycle and document the journey for a podcast series. Over the next several weeks, I'll be talking with experts about best practices at each step in the revenue cycle and why it's important to keep the patient in mind. I should pause here to say this. This series, although it centers around my real pregnancy, is not about my personal financial situation. We won't be combing through my medical bills or talking about my specific health plan. The goal here is to put a human face, or voice as it were, on the revenue cycle. I sat down recently with Sandra Wolfskill, one of HFMA's directors of healthcare finance policy, to talk about the importance of keeping the patient in mind when determining and executing revenue cycle policies. She had some great insights, but one message that stood out to me was this. We are all patients. Simply put, if you think about it, the American healthcare system without the patient doesn't exist. The patient is the driver behind all of what happens in a healthcare setting. So if the patient isn't kept in the forefront, then we run a very high risk of the patient looking for a different provider who will actually pay attention and will actually have answers to the kinds of questions the consumers ask. 
but they weren't comfortable doing it. And so over time, they just stopped asking, and they just stopped talking to the patient. If you're going to start providing a financial care plan to your patient, you need to spend the time and the effort to train your staff. You need to make sure that they understand what they're supposed to be saying and how they're supposed to be saying it. You need to give them scripting that they can adapt to what they're comfortable with. The importance of scripting is to make sure that the right issues and the right points are included in the conversation. And you want to give staff a safe environment in which to practice before you flip the switch and start talking to all your patients about financial matters. And that means role play. It means classroom. It's, it means taking the time and investing the, the effort and the resources to do it right. If you do, staff will soon discover that patients, more likely than not, will say thank you. I appreciate that information. I never understood how this works because the reality is that insurance companies and employers do not necessarily do a great job of explaining how healthcare insurance benefits really work. But it's our industry, our contracts with those payers, it's our money that's at stake. So as a provider, whether it's a physician's office or a hospital, we need to equip our staff to be able to take the time and provide the explanation to the patient and the patient's family so that they understand why they owe $500, why they owe $750, or why they owe whatever the amount is estimated to be. That's how you improve collections. We got to talking about our own patient experiences, and I shared this story about something that happened in my family. After our first visit to a new pediatrician's office, we received a bill for the full amount of the visit. It wasn't much, but I noticed that our account was marked self-pay. It was obvious to me then that our insurance information simply hadn't made it into the system, so I called and the problem was fixed quickly. But a few years ago, before I worked in this industry, I would have assumed self-pay meant the amount I was supposed to contribute after insurance. And because the bill wasn't all that high, I wouldn't have questioned it. This experience drove home the idea that healthcare organizations should be educating patients about their financial responsibilities. And the whole idea was that we were also, while we were also using terms that people didn't understand, we were also sending out statements that made no sense as an industry. You know, the patient's statement that you got, you had, you couldn't figure it out. It was just a bunch of numbers on a piece of paper and pay this, but no way to understand why that was supposed, what you were supposed to pay. And that's what was the original emphasis for the whole patient-friendly billing initiative, was to convince providers that you have got to get rid of hospital fees, you've got to get rid of financial costs, and translate 